Chapter 11, Second Invasion. Don't you know? Haven't you heard? Didn't anyone ever tell you? Eric Hare's eyebrows lifted as he began telling a story to the children at the Melbourne camp. On furlough from Burma, Pastor Hare kept the children spellbound with a story of his experiences there. Like the other children at the camp, the Haka children couldn't hear enough of his stories and followed him around. Their fascination with the people and places of faraway Burma and his evident interest in them drew them to him. He was their friend and the children responded by wanting to spend time in his company. While at the camp, Pastor Hare raised money to purchase instruments for his brass band in Burma. Harold busied himself with his duties at the camp meeting. The camp was held in Hampton, a suburb of Melbourne on Port Phillip Bay. Because the camp generated significant interest from the public, it was decided that a mission should be held in Hampton, following the camp, to take advantage of this interest. Harold and Pastor E.B. Rudge were asked to conduct the mission, and they were to be assisted by Walter Batty, G. Palmentier, and Sister E. Hodgetts. Harold moved his family into a house in Brighton, an adjoining suburb. The street in which they lived sloped, and Stanford and Eric built a billy cart to take advantage of the slope. Laura and Winifred attended Hampton High School. Back in a city that he knew so well, Harold enjoyed renewing associations and working closely with other members of the mission team. He was kept busy with the mission and the follow-up to it. Anne enjoyed being close to her parents again, and throughout the year there were visits to her parents in Keysborough. At the Victorian camp meeting in January 1924, Harold was asked by the conference to conduct a mission in Hamilton to the west of Melbourne, near the South Australian border. Sister Elsie Hopgood, a lady Bible instructor, was assigned to assist Harold. Once more, the family relocated. Harold was familiar with Hamilton as he had been a coal porter there in September 1901. When he returned in 1924, he found a prosperous town of about 5,000 people. Hamilton was later known as the wool capital of the world. Several years after Harold's work in Hamilton in 1901, Pastor Robert Hare conducted a tent mission in a central location in Hamilton. The spiritual seed sown by these workers lay dormant for almost 20 years until Harold returned in 1924. Brother Walter Batty, Harold's associate in the Hampton Mission and his wife, joined Harold and Sister Hopgood in Hamilton. The mission was held in Milton Street and Walter Batty accompanied the singing on the violin. The tent mission soon met opposition. Reflecting on these events more than a year later, Harold wrote, At this time, strong opposition was raised by the enemy, who determined to oppose the second invasion of truth. But God, who is our strong fortress, prevailed, and while every inch of the ground had to be contested, slow but sure progress has been made. Harold continued, The editor of the local paper proved a friend to the reformers and readily consented to publish reports of the addresses, by this means, although the attendance was at no time large, the subjects were carried free of cost to the mission to 7,000 readers each week. This was more than the opposition could stand, and pressure was brought to bear on the proprietor of the newspaper, who 
who reluctantly had to notify us he would not be able to publish our reports so frequently. This, however, was not before 50 feet of printed matter on the third angel's message had been circulated. Anne's father, John Gadsden, died on March 24, 1924, during the mission in Hamilton. In addition to losing her father, Anne became sick in Hamilton. She found the climate harsh and went to the Warburton Sanitarium to recuperate. Winifred left school to help Laura keep the house and care for the younger children. Raymond contracted whooping cough. Phyllis started school in Hamilton and Winifred took her to and from school on the bicycle that Harold had purchased for her. By mid-year, despite the difficulties, Harold reported steady progress in Hamilton. A number of earnest souls were preparing for baptism. A decision was made that, on account of Anne's ill health, Harold should leave Hamilton and conduct a mission in Castle Maine. Brother Connell took over from Harold, but also left on account of the climate after several months. Walter Batty, who left Hamilton for a period, returned there with his wife. By September, Hamilton had 18 new Sabbath keepers as a result of Harold's work and the work of Brother Connell and Brother Batty. Meanwhile, Harold's mission in Castlemaine was proving effective. He was joined by Brother C. Stafford, who had been working in Bruthen in eastern Victoria. It was difficult for Brother Stafford to leave the new converts in Bruthen, but the Lord had his hand over the situation, as his aged mother, who lived close to Castlemaine, became seriously ill after he arrived to assist Harold. At Castlemaine, Harold found a cottage at nearby Campbell's Creek with a disused gold mine across the road. The property backed onto the railway and Stanford and Eric used to call out, paper, paper, as the train sped past. People threw out their newspapers and sometimes even blocks of chocolate. The newspapers were eagerly scanned for news. The house was made of weatherboards with a veranda at the front. The land sloped toward the front. The back of the house reached into the hill where a little dairy was built partly into the side of the hill. It had shelves of marble slabs where Anne was able to place the big dishes of scalded and unscalded cow's milk. The cow and horse were kept in a paddock across the road. Laura and Winifred went horseback riding with a group of young people out to nearby mineral springs riding past apple orchards on the way. At the Victorian camp meeting held in January 1925 at Normanby Park, East Kew, Harold had the joy of baptising six of the converts from the Hamilton mission. At the camp, Castlemaine was also confirmed as Harold's field of labour. Brother Reginald Burns was asked to assist Harold and Sister Elsie Hopgood was confirmed on Harold's team. Brother Walter Batty continued the work in Hamilton. Pastor J.H. Wood, who married Harold and Anne in 1907, passed away on January 21. Harold and four other pastors assisted Pastor A.W. Anderson in the funeral services, in the church and at the graveside. Pastor Wood's mother was one of the first converts to the Adventist faith in Australia in the 1880s. Within six months, J.H. Woods had joined her in her faith. He and his partner in their printing firm in Melbourne, W.H.B. Miller, had been won to the faith by a discussion at a Mutual Improvement Society meeting 
on the question, which day is the Sabbath? His partner took the affirmative in favour of the seventh day, and J.H. Woods took the lead in the negative. His partner, who had become acquainted with Pastor J.O. Corliss, invited Pastor Corliss to lead out in the discussion. So ably did Pastor Corliss affirm the seventh day that about a score of people began to keep the seventh-day Sabbath as a result of the meeting, including J.H. Woods and his business partner, W.H.B. Miller. Several months after the camp meeting, Pastors Allen and Pascoe visited Hamilton and conducted a baptism for several of the new believers. The baptism was held in a running stream near a waterfall about 8 miles or 13 kilometres from Hamilton. It was a beautiful day, long remembered by the candidates and those who witnessed the baptism. Before leaving Hamilton, Pastors Allen and Pascoe conducted the communion service or celebration of the Lord's Supper with the new converts. Not long after this, Harold conducted the week of prayer meetings in Hamilton, and after several days of nightly intercessory prayer, six more people followed their Lord's example and were baptised. The company in Hamilton had grown to 16 members, with a number of others continuing to meet with them every Sabbath. There was every prospect that these people would join the church there. The 16-member company was organised as the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church, Harold continued his work at Castlemaine, situated 70 miles or more than 100 kilometres to the northwest of Melbourne, with a population of about 5,000. Castlemaine was a boom town of 50,000 in the old gold digging days. Pastors Curtis and Baker conducted an evangelistic effort in Castlemaine more than 30 years before, but without apparent success. Now, some of those who heard Pastors Curtis and Baker so many years before responded to Harold's mission. Harold's work at Castlemaine proceeded against considerable local opposition. Harold wrote in part in a report published in August 1925, no sooner had invitations been placed in the hands of the people announcing our first meeting than determined opposition arose. From every pulpit the people were warned not to go and hear these Adventist preachers. Nevertheless, many at first came and were delighted to hear the grand old story of salvation. The continued preaching and distribution of literature intensified the opposition, and another effort was made to keep the people away. Tracts and books in opposition to Harold's message were freely circulated, but many continued their careful investigation of the issues, and some had already made decisions to embrace the Adventist message. After 12 months in Castlemaine, as the time was approaching for Harold to move to a new field, it was decided that consolidation of the work in Castlemaine should take place. On July 6, 1925, Harold baptised five people in the Loddon River. A few days later, two aged ladies followed them in baptism. With others who had previously been baptised, the company in Castlemaine was now 17 strong. Pastor Pascoe, the Vice President of the conference, came to Castlemaine the next Sabbath, July 11, to organise these believers into a church. Visitors from Bendigo brought the congregation to more than 40. In opening his address, Pastor Pascoe remarked, My mind goes back some 26 years, when three young men left New Zealand for the Avondale School. Two of these were your pastor and myself, and while since then our labours have been apart, it gives me great pleasure to be present at the organisation of this company, which he has been partly instrumental in raising. 
At the close of Pastor Pascoe's address, 17 people were voted into and welcomed into church fellowship. Harold's work over the previous 18 months, supported by his associates, resulted in the establishment of two churches where formerly there were no church members. It was particularly satisfying given the intense opposition that he had experienced. Harold recognised God's hand in these achievements. It was not only Harold who experienced difficulties. The progress in the Victorian Conference in 1925 was hard won. Arthur Knight, Harold's associate in Western Australia, now Pastor Knight, was the first in a series of victims. He became severely ill. Then brother Edgar Whitehead had a tramway accident and was out of action for a lengthy period. Then Pastor Marriott went down with lead poisoning. Brother R.J. Burns, Harold's associate in Castlemaine, was chopping wood when a piece of wood struck him on the face, leaving him unpresentable for a time. Sister Elsie Hopgood, Harold's Bible worker, was the next victim. She was run down by a car, and while there were no bones broken, there were plenty of bruises and she was out of action for some weeks. Another lady Bible worker, Sister Britton, had a heart attack and needed to rest. Sister McDowell also had to curtail her work as a Bible worker because of failing health. In their understanding of the great controversy between Christ and Satan, these men and women on the front line of evangelism recognised that they were actors in a great spiritual battle played out daily across the globe for the hearts and minds of the world's peoples. Therefore, they were able to put these personal difficulties in context. Yet in Harold's case, little did he know that he had not seen the most intense opposition to his work that he would experience in country Victoria.